Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. I so, 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 so often get questions like, Sophia, I feel like I'm posting every day, but I just am not seeing any results. What the heck am I doing wrong? And so I wanted to address this on a podcast episode because I get this question so often and it addresses a massive misconception here and it just needs to be busted right away. So I'm just going to dive in. When I talk about creating results on social media, posting content is not the only thing I am doing for any of those results. I think that's really important for people to understand. If you get on a call with me and you say, Sophia, I'm posting content every day, but nothing's happening. The first thing I will do is not look at your content to find a problem. It will be to ask you, what else are you doing? Because the days when social media was a one-stop shop where every part of your marketing ran through social media is very, very much long gone. It actually hasn't been that way in years. I'm talking maybe even seven years, five, seven years. Honestly, could even be longer than that. (laughs) I really don't think it's been that way since I've had a business actually. So it's been a while. So no, this, and I say that because this isn't a, um, a new thing or a Instagram's changing their ways kind of thing. This has nothing to do with the algorithm. This isn't about that. This, this has been the way for a very, very long time. And the problem is people are still operating under the belief that you're supposed to post on social media and people will discover you and buy from you all thanks to just posting every day. We're still operating under that belief that is so freaking old because once upon a time it did happen like that because listen up, this is how social media platforms work. Okay. When a social media platform makes it out into the world, right. And this is how they all work. In fact, this is actually happening to TikTok right now, but let me back up back to Instagram for a second. When social media platforms, and at the moment we're talking about Instagram first come on the scene, the algorithms are like, super freaking open, right? And they're also not saturated. And the reason they're doing this is because they want people like you to start using it and getting a lot of traction and getting really excited about it and getting hooked on it, right? So if apps become popular and you are an early enough adapter, it really can feel like all you have to do is be consistent and you will see results. And this is how the influencer was born right? If we think back to the beginning of Instagram, the Instagram influencer, the early adopters got on Instagram, like all of the algorithms were very open. People were posting really consistently and stuff was happening. They rapidly grew audiences and they made sales on the platform and all well and good. But of course now it's a little harder for that to happen because algorithms It's harder to travel because algorithms aren't showing as much of the content as they used to because now we have ads, right? So there needs to be a reason to invest in ads, but then also it's just more saturated. So there's just a lot more people on the platform. And this is actually why TikTok 
was so mind-blowing for like two years because again, the algorithms were super open. So when people were looking at Instagram and TikTok, of course, they were like, everyone needs to be on TikTok. It's so much better over there. But actually, TikTok was just at the beginning of their social media journey, right? In the beginning, they're trying to get people hooked and excited about the platform. So things are very open. It's also not as saturated. But now TikTok's moving into their next phase, right? I would imagine ads are going to become more important for them, right? Because they've got to make money. And so now people are thinking more about ads on TikTok. And also, of course, it's way more saturated. So now I'm seeing all my friends who jumped on TikTok, had a ton of success. Now they're thinking they're shadow banned because they're like, oh, I used to just post and all this magical stuff would happen. And now it doesn't seem to be happening that way. I'm shadow banned. I don't know what I did wrong. The truth is you didn't do anything wrong. This is how these platforms work. So all of that to say, there's probably nothing wrong with you or even your content. Your expectations are just super unrealistic. So I wanted to give a little bit of an inside look into what other tasks are out there. So when you sit down to look at how you're creating results in your business, you're not making the dangerous assumption that all you have to do is post every day or consistently if you're not posting every day, right? So there are three objectives typically. In fact, the way I teach, there are only ever three objectives. So I don't know if you come up with another one, you might be talking about something different, but typically there are only three objectives and they are to grow, to sell, or to nurture. So with that in mind, those are the three things I'm going to be talking about today. Let's start with growth. So tasks that help you grow include, but are not limited to any and all collaborations like lead magnet swaps and Instagram lives and getting on podcasts. So building one-to-one relationships are huge growth strategies and very, very important. Any type of speaking opportunity where you can get in front of new audiences and speak as an expert, another huge growth opportunity. Asking for referrals, right? Even that, even though that is technically a sales strategy, it could also be a growth strategy because even if someone doesn't convert right there, they are now aware of you. Anything that puts you in front of someone new, whether it be one person or a thousand people, that is a growth strategy. And if you are being serious about your growth, these are things we need to be thinking about. Another thing is sponsorships for podcasts. I don't currently run sponsorships on my podcast, but If I did, that could be something that you could pitch for, right? I want to sponsor an episode, right? I could pitch myself as a sponsor for other episodes as well. I'm sorry, for other podcasts as well. So again, if you are in a true period of growth, you are thinking far beyond your content. You are making relationships like it is your job. You are also... You're identifying where your target audience is hanging out and you are trying to figure out ways to get in front of those people either online or in person. So when I am in a growth period, I am looking at my insights to see what type of content gets me followers and I'm leaning into that style of content, let's say 75, 70% of the time on social. So that's what's happening on social media. But on top of that, I am thinking about how to get in front of new people a minimum of two times a month. And no, I'm not talking about random people on social media because of my content. That is not in my control enough. I'm talking about physically, where are these people? How can I get in front of them? I'm asking myself that question and I'm letting my brain come up with ideas. 
And like I said, a minimum of two times a month is what I would do all year long, just to make sure you're always getting in front of new people. But I want to stress, this is where math has to happen, right? If you do this for a few months and you get in front of two new audiences a month and you look at your email list and you're like, hmm, I'm just going to make up numbers right now. I only grew by 10 people. I really wanted to grow, grow by 100 people a month, right? Let's say. And I only grew by, grew by 10 as a result of getting in front of two new audiences a month. I would then say, all right, I want to have 10 times the growth that I'm currently having, which means I need to get, instead of two times of getting in front of new audiences, I need to do two times 10, which is 20, right? 20 times of getting in front of new audiences. So do the math after you've done the data, but at a bare minimum, because growth is so freaking important, and I'm not talking about growth of followers, I'm talking about growth of an audience, which is very different your followers are just hanging out with you on social media and you know they're they're not necessarily warm to you yet. They're probably following a ton of people similar to you. They're probably not even seeing all of your content. They've just randomly decided to follow you. They could turn into an audience member, but that doesn't happen until they make some kind of a next step with you, right? Whether they're very active with you on your content or whether they joined your email list or they asked you a question, like until they take some sort of a next step, they're probably not they probably can't be considered an audience member, right? So I think it's really, really important to to understand the difference between that, which is why I do not look at my follower account pretty much ever. The only thing I'm really looking at is the DMs and the conversations I'm having in there and how my email list is growing. Even if it's growing a tiny little bit, I need it to grow every single week. I need it to grow every single month because that is, if your email list is not growing, I would argue your business is not growing either. So, but it, you can grow followers and also have your business be totally stuck because followers are not necessarily buyers right? But there's been so much data that says people who join your email list are so much more likely. I think I saw somewhere that on average, every email subscriber is worth, like is likely to invest $70 in you, like at a minimum or something like that. Okay. Please don't call me on that stat. Someone posted that on social media the other day. And I was like, I can see that. Although I do not, do not see that correlation with followers, right? So again, audience and followers are different. And if you are going to grow your audience, it's really, really important that we're thinking about how to get in front of these new people. And you got to do your math to figure out how many times you need to get in front of these new audiences to get the numbers that you want. But I think what I'm trying to stress here is you should be thinking about growth all year round. It's very, very important. However, you should also have concentrated growth periods throughout the year where that is your main focus. So maybe I'm going to get in front of new audiences two times every month throughout the entire year. But then for like, I don't know, maybe let's just say there's four months in the year where I'm doing a lot of growth work. So I'll try to get in front of 30 audiences in each of those four months. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm picking my concentrated times. Okay. I think I have hammered that point home to the point of death possibly. So let's just move on. The next one is nurturing. Nurturing is about how you're creating relationships with your audience. How do you make them feel special and like they're part of something? And actually what I find really interesting is most people mistake nurturing work for growth work. 
Nurturing is about that consistent content. It's about that consistent emailing. It's about maybe starting your own podcast or a place where people can connect with you, a text list, anything like that. That is the work of nurturing. But often I find people are like, oh, I know to grow my audience, I'll start a podcast. To grow my audience, I'll post every day. To grow my audience, I'll start a text list. And really, that's not the point of those things. The point of those things are to nurture and to create connections with your people. So again, you probably figured this out. The tasks that are associated with nurturing is really about uh, making connections, right? It's about putting that extra effort into engaging and starting conversations. So if I'm in a nurturing phase, I would actually be trying to connect with X number of people every day. Like I would give myself a number. And I find nurturing phases to be really great to do before a sales period. Because when you start selling, you know, you want those everyone to, you want a very large number of your audience to feel very close to you and very excited about what you are offering because they've had that connection with you and they're already feeling connected and excited about you, right? They see you as a go-to coach for something in that moment. So for example, something that I created was I started, I can't remember what I call it, like a, like a textless Q and A, right? I've talked about this a couple of times, and I actually did a whole podcast episode, Allison Hardy, on her um, Six Figure Secrets podcast. She asked me what was something that was working, and I shared a little bit more behind the scenes on that. And I'd never talked about it before, actually, and I still haven't talked about it in public, I don't think. But the textless Q&A, what this does is gives people an opportunity to have a one like a one-on-one connection with me. And I typically do it Well, I do it randomly throughout the year to connect with my people, but what I should do, and this is what I did during my last launch, I did it the week before I started my webinars. And the reason I did that is because moving into people watching my webinars during my sales period, I wanted people to attend these webinars feeling connected to me, feeling excited what I was talking about. And I knew that a great way to do that is to create some kind of a connection. So my textless Q&A is where they can text me a question and I will answer them over text, right? And you have until nine to five to send me a question and I answer first come first serve. But the question you need to be asking yourself is, how can I make it easier for people to talk to me? And finally, we have got selling. So, okay, let me me go through a few one by one, but you're probably very familiar with a lot of these, but I'm going to ask you a question at the end that I hope will be illuminating. Okay, so there's tons of ways to sell. There's obviously, there's launching, webinar launches, five-day challenges, there's all kinds of launching. There's also partner launching where you can do a launch for someone else's community. This would also be like a great growth strategy, actually, because if you do a launch for someone else's community, this is a bunch of new people discovering you, but then also you're going into a sales period, of course. So partner launches are great for a couple of reasons. There's also hard sell emails where perhaps you're deciding to sell to your list every sixth or eighth email, right? Like give yourself a number, what feels comfortable and make sure you have a schedule so that every sixth or eighth email, you are giving a sale. You're saying, this is what's available right now. These are how many spots I have available in this list. Like when is the last time that you sold to your list? I have noticed this again and again and again, people are so consistent with their content. And I am someone who does this too. They forget to sell. And that's what the list is for. And it is not, it provides value to sell as well right? Because now, even if I'm on your list, I'm like, damn, this person shares such great stuff. And then you give me a sell. 
Now I am aware of this offer that you provide. I'm not thinking, oh, she's selling. I'm going to unsubscribe. I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm so glad I know she does that. It's not the right time for me right now, but I'm glad that that I know that this is what she offers because this is something I want to invest in one day. Or I'm going to say, look, why is she selling? And I'm going to unsubscribe. And guess what? Bye. Like that's your email list is to help the people that are ready to take the next step that are ready to invest. Right. If that person who unsubscribed because they're not interested, they're not interested. Let them go. Right. They were never going to be a good client for you anyway. But again, hard sells, a, a great something that if you're truly in a sales period, like this is a great thing to be adding to your task list. You could also set up affiliates or be an affiliate for someone else. You could also create discounts for your email list in order to promote your email list, but also to have sales campaigns exclusively for your email list. So let me break up what I mean by this is this is actually a growth sales and a nurturing strategy because you could go on your social media or wherever you want on podcasts for a month and say something like, between this date and this date, I am going to be offering a special invitation only to my email list where you're going to not only get a discount code, but no one other than my email list is going to get this offer, right? I'm making this up. So people who have been watching you are excited about what you're sharing. They're going to want to grow your email list so that they can see, okay, wait, what is this about? Because maybe this is something that can help me take action right now, right? The people that are already on your email list are going to be like, damn, I'm so excited. I'm on this email list. Like I feel special right now. I'm getting something that no one else is getting. So again, we've got, it's a growth strategy and a nurturing strategy. And it's a sales strategy, of course, because you're going into a sales campaign for just your email list, right? So that in itself could be a campaign for lots of different things. Now, here's the point. I've just rattled off a bunch of random unrelated tasks to you, but now let's get, let's wrap this all up into a point right? You do not have to do all of these things. Of course not. In fact, please do not. You are going to lose your mind if you do all of these things. However, we have to understand that you are not choosing between doing all of these other sales tasks and growth tasks and nurturing tasks or posting on social, right? You're not posting consistently on social is not a freaking strategy. Okay. It is just part of your online existence. It's something that should be feeding the strategies that you have in play. Posting on social media should be part of something bigger. And if you do not operate this way, this could be part of the problem. So I'm going to ask you, you're out there posting every day because you are trying to create a result and you don't know why it's not happening. Before we look at your messaging, which is also very important, right? I want you to consider what else are you doing and how often are you doing it? Because if you want to make sales, but the last time you did a sales task was two months ago, this is why you're not making sales. It has nothing to do with your content. And again, messaging, all those things could still be something that needs refining. But the bigger issue here is always going to be that you're not putting yourself out there in a way that generates sales. So I really need you to hear that and evaluate how are you spending your day? It's so important because so often what I find is people put this daily content posting thing on their calendar because they are hiding behind it, because that is something they know how to do. That is something they feel somewhat safe doing. Some people don't, but they feel like it's something that they can figure out, right? 
And they put a post out, they feel like they've done something that day. They feel productive, right? But the truth is sometimes, actually all the time, that's not enough. I am a social media person, all right? I'm a social media expert. I, I coach on social media. And I am telling you, when I create results on social media, and everyone on What the Heck to Post will know this very, very well, it is not only a result of the content. It is a result of bigger actions that I am doing on top of the content. The content is part of something. So again, what else are you doing and how often are you doing it? I really want you to go into a journal write down the objective you want right now, sales, growth, or nurturing. And outside of posting every day, what else are you doing and how often are you doing it? And truly look at your schedule and audit. Are you really showing up to make sales? Are you really showing up to grow? Are you really showing up to build an engaged audience? Just some food for thought. All right, loves. I'll see you on the next one. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.